2: Ah
3: yes what's good everybody and welcome to another installment of the people's podcast a podcast where it's for the people people power shout out to jack swagger if you're a wrestling fan shout out to jake or jack hager i think he is in bellator i have a guest on sort of a voice you're going to get very familiar with moving forward a man who's helped a lot with the brand last couple of months a prolific dm slider
2: eric salas what up produ- producer eric let's go with that <laughs> let's go producer eric i like it um yeah what's going on guys making my vm debut today didn't think it was coming kind of came out of nowhere tonight but um yeah man i'm excited glad to be here
3: yeah so eric has been uh, as well as dom shouts to dom as well um have been helping with the editing and the video stuff And what I mean by prolific DM slider before he gets in trouble is he uh, DM'd me one day. It was just like, hey, man, I love what you're doing with the show. Actually, you tell the story, dude, because I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, man, you don't love the show. You know, you're just blowing (laughs) smoke. Who knows?
2: No, I know. I generally do love the show. I've been a fan for a very long time. So it started off as that. And, um, pretty much i worked up the courage to dm you first to, to come on my show franchise tag which we'll plug in later but i'm no, um, plugging, yeah. right, plugging now all right yeah it's franchise tag apple podcast spotify wherever you can get it i'm <laughs> um, gonna listen um yeah i appreciate that but yeah um i hit you up to see if you'd like to come on the show I, I didn't really mean anything like of it at first i was like if you can come on the show it'd be cool i want to start getting some guests build something here and um you reached out said cool you 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 appreciate the brand you're all about it and um, I'd love to do it so you did that and then pretty much after that I think I waited a week or two maybe even a month and I was like does he like need help with this certain aspect like you know as of right now like during COVID people aren't really hiring as much like internships you're not going into studios I'm like let me see if this guy needs some help and I reached out saying to this big long thing trying to let you know um, what I'm what I'm reaching out for and uh, yeah you were cool with that brought me on and got to work right away. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. I, you know, it's been an awesome opportunity and doesn't come that often. And I'm glad you're someone that was able to do that for him.
3: No, nah, no problem, man. I, I appreciate the courage and you asking, um, not just me, just in general, because I, I think a lot of more people should. If you bring value to something, you should definitely reach out. That's why I put, that's why I'm so on the forefront with things. And I'm very Open about like tweeting at Gary V 200 days in a row to get his attention because I know I bring something to the table. Um, scale of one to 10, how is it working with me? Be careful, you might get fired from a job that you're not getting paid for,
2: <laughs> bro. It's an 11 everything I could have ever wanted. I listen, I was expecting day one for it to be a no when I sent that DM, fully expecting it, and I was like, if he does, it's, it's fine. Um, he actually left me on red for like a hot minute. I'm like, I guess he he's not feeling me, and then uh, <laughs> you hit me back. We started going back and forth, so that that was fire. Yeah, but yeah, eleven out of ten for sure. All
3: right, cool, cool. Even though my num- my favorite number is ten, it's the one time where I didn't want to hear number ten. So
2: there you go. We'll, uh, move that, man. I
3: appreciate it, and thank you for coming on for this one. So what we have here, guys, we'll get right into the nitty gritty of the episode. Eric has gathered <clears throat> questions from the Twitter. The Instagram and the Discord, which is the members of the Patreon. If you are a member of the Patreon you haven't gotten into the Discord, what the fuck, man? You're, you're paying to be a member of the Discord. Get your ass in there, you legends. All right? We appreciate it, but we want a vibe. You know what I'm saying? You guys get inside scoop before everyone else does. So please get on in there. Patreon.com
2: slash Veterans Minimum. Eric, are you taking notes on these effortless cheap plugs or what? I mean only only from the best honestly on my podcast too i'm like i'm going in the order he's going in so i guess it's rubbing off on me a little bit you know (laughs) let's do it
3: man. let's do it okay so eric uh start us off man i haven't seen these questions so they're all a surprise
2: um to take us away what do we got so we got some people's podcast questions in the discord i'll start with that and it's from hairless latino three and he said have you met your goals this year for the show and what do you aim to achieve for next year
3: Hairless Latino is Nick Chavez, big ups to him. He's also a patron, so he's getting his shout out here as well. Um, Real quick, man, good dude. Met him when I was out in Vegas and uh, we hung out for the fights. And uh, good dude, you know, he has my cell phone number too. So hopefully when when the blow up happens, he doesn't sell it on eBay. But for the time being... um, So goals for the show. Yeah. Um, My main goal for the show, ironically enough, man, a year ago today, someone sent me a video from a YouTube video on the channel where it was 2020 goals. Alan and I talking about it. And it was really cool to to see and hear and have them send it out to me because, you know, it's been a it's been a rough week for me personally. And it was, it was very, it was like the first time that I really like sat back and smiled in in a couple of days. And it was cool because like in that video, if you just go to my Instagram, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's me telling Alan, like, you know, hopefully this time next year, man, we're sitting in a studio. I want to have an area where we can go and record and get creative. And I don't got to set up and take things down. It's just like one room dedicated to it. And you know, ironically enough, man, here I am. I'm sitting in the studio on a zoom with you as we're recording this. and yeah, it it got it got to what my expectations were from a download perspective. Blue Wire has been fucking phenomenal, and you know, I'm still on board with them, just re-upped for another year. So hats off to them. and yeah, my my main goal, I can say with the utmost honesty. I hit, which was getting a studio.
2: And you know, honestly, the studio—I wasn't expecting it to look like that. But you made it look probably better than I probably would ever imagine. Like at first, it was like studio. It's like, all right, cool. I got a room. I got everything set up. I can start recording. But you're pimping it out, and uh yeah, dude, it's fire.
3: Yeah, wait until you pull up. It's it's very different. Even my friends who. You know, man, they're your friends. They're not going to give you too much credit. But, like, Dylan pulled up, and that episode is coming out on Monday, one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Again, cheap plug, if you're a member of the Patreon, you already heard it. Some of those episodes you get early, then it hits the main feed, and I've gotten some tremendous feedback from that. But he was like, bro, this shit is fire. Like, the pictures don't do it justice. You step into this room, man, the energy changes, and you
2: you just feel like,
3: you can, when you, when you pull up Eric, man, you'll, yeah. you'll,
2: you'll get what I mean. But yeah, that's uh, all I know is the switching back and forth and editing. So yeah, when I see it in person, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel that energy. Okay. What um, do we have next? All right, cool. So next question. Uh, the name is actually the Elon Musk kid's name. I don't know if you know who that is, but it's in the, in the chat. Um, and the question is, if you were Carson Wentz, would you try to get out of Philly or try to work things out with Doug, um, Doug Peterson and the locker room?
3: Wow. Man, as someone who had a lot of stock in Carson Wentz, as someone who came into the year, one of my bold predictions when I was talking about Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott was that the pendulum was going to swing in favor of Dak this year. Based off of talent, uh, skill players, you know, C D Lamb going there another year with this offense. And, you know, for as much as can't fuck with Zeke Elliott because of fantasy purposes. (laughs) But, you know, just the situation at hand, I thought that that was going to change towards Dak. I did not see this coming, Eric. This is crazy that, you know, he's gotten pulled. And what happens, man, is it's hard to regain trust in the fan base, the organization, when you see a guy like Jalen Hurts who, you know – Both of his starts have been tremendous from a a numbers standpoint. And, you know, they upset the Eagles, uh, not the Eagles. He's on the Eagles. They upset the Saints. Then they lose a a, a close game to the Cardinals. And Hertz is also a second round pick. So it's not a guy who is a seventh rounder, just made the team. It's a guy that they invested some draft capital in. It's going to be hard for him to stay in Philly. Um, I'm not really coming out with a hot take right now. I think the ideal pairing is Colts, Frank Wright. There's a there's a uh, religious bond between the two of them that I did some research that both of them would go to church together. Both of them, from a like spiritual and religious standpoint, they bonded way more than player coach. Colts kind of need a quarterback, right? Rivers was on a one-year deal. 25 million dollars they still have Jacoby Brissett there who's a very capable backup the contract kind of matches where it's not so much do the Colts want to take it on it's does Philly just want to let him go and have to swallow 60 plus million dollars that they owe Wentz so it's just it's just hard for me to envision Carson Wentz staying there um when you get pulled, this is what three straight years he doesn't finish the
2: season. Yeah, dude's been uh, or, or, or not. Sorry, forth, not, so.
3: not 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 three straight, but three of the last four. And yeah. he and he left. If you count, if you count the playoff game last year, he didn't like he didn't finish the season. So there's that as well. But if you look at the Colts, right, and the reason why the Colts obviously Frank Wright, but they need a quarterback. They have a tremendous offensive line. They have some young pieces over there. Pittman harris campbell who i still like i know he's hurt ty hilton if they decide to bring him back the running backs jonathan taylor starting to finally look like a beast you have a guy in naheem hines and you got a very i wouldn't say underrated a very properly rated colts defense because in the beginning of the year it was like oh man they have the number one defense I was like, yeah but they played jacksonville and the jets and a couple of shitbag teams where now you're like oh Yo, you know what this defense is pretty capable so Carson Wentz, I don't think, is going to be an Eagle next year. No.
2: He's already asked to get out of there recently. So Yeah. All right. What we got next? So, next question um, is by Birdsey. Uh, top three sporting events in history you would love to go back and watch that you weren't there to witness. I know you've been there for some pretty decent sporting events in your life, but what haven't you been to that you'd like to go see?
3: <clears throat> wow. What a question. Great question, yeah. Birdsey. Okay i would have loved to go to a mike tyson heavyweight fight i don't know which one but i needed it to be at the mgm in vegas because everything i've heard of the mike tyson boxing era it really captivated the world at a time where social media wasn't what it is now i mean there was no social media and This dude was an absolute worldwide phenomenon. And he put boxing on the map, not on the map, but a big resurgence. And it's like watching Tyson was a national event, Saturday night, pay-per-views. I've heard stories. So I would have loved to experience that as a fan of combat sports. And I think just Mike Tyson, his name might be one of the biggest names in sports ever. I think and just from the whole the story the journey how dominant he was so that's one of them number two would be the texas usc national championship 2005 i believe it was 2006 when vince young and the longhorns won the national championship vince young a lot of people Some people know this if they've paid attention. I mentioned it in the past in passing. He's the reason why I wear number 10. That was my favorite quarterback growing up. I even had the cleats when I played football. So
2: So Eli's just an afterthought.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, look, Eli Eli also validated that a little bit. Also, as a soccer fan, growing up a soccer fan, the number 10 meant that you were the man on the team, especially at the international level. When you wear number 10, it means that you're the guy, right? If you look at the history of international soccer, it's like, Bele, Maradona, Zidane, Messi, Neymar. Like, you wear number 10, bro. You're a stallion. And you know me, dog. I'm a stallion. So, wearing number 10 was kind of an even pairing. And last one, dude, I would say going back in history, huh? Hmm.
2: That's tough. It's a tough question, yeah. That's a really tough one.
3: I would have to say something like, that has to do with my team winning. So maybe like I don't know, man. Like a like a New York Knicks like a a game clinching 1994 Knicks game. Like series clinching like at the Garden, right? When they beat the Pacers or you know when they 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 beat some team to go to the finals or like game 7 of the Stanley Cup in 94 where dude, I just think about it like 1994 must have been a zoo at the garden. You had the Knicks and the Rangers go to the to the finals. Like that's every day there was a a championship game. Like that's so wild, bro.
2: Like that time period period in like the mid 80s, you had like the Giants, Mets.
3: Yeah, and then and then you had the the Knicks and the Rangers in the early nineteen nineties. One went to the finals, one went to the cup and won it. Like, yo, that could have been dude. Unreal. So I would, I would probably pick those.
2: All right. So next question. Honestly, one of my favorites from the one I've read because I'm interested to hear your, some of your answers. But what are some Christmas bangers you've been playing these holidays or just Christmas bangers in general that you love? There's a hip-hop song,
3: Christmas in Harlem. It's by Kanye, Big Sean, Shahi the Prince. Back when... Are you a hip-hop fan? Yeah. Okay. So you remember the Good Friday series that... Kanye West would do where he would drop a new song every Friday for about like 16 weeks
2: yeah that was a while ago yeah this is
3: like 2010 11 12 around there but he has a song Christmas in Harlem and it's just it just slaps you can listen to that in July and it's just like a banger so I've been listening to that um, there's Christmas in Hollis as well. I was about to
2: say I thought, I thought that's what you were gonna say the first answer. I'm like, oh, he went yeah, a different round Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a, there you go. that's a banger. Die Hard, well. just watch that this year. Yeah, and that's the opening song, dude. It's fire. Um, and then like you know,
3: the traditional ones, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Ta-da-da. Da, what well, do you know about that, man? I can even sing too if I wanted, you know what I'm saying? There you go, but <laughs> well, yeah, man, you know the traditional ones, but a little off the board, off the radar. I would say like Christmas in Harlem is a banger, especially if you're a hip hop fan, because I don't really know many hip hop Christmas songs.
2: I'm trying to think of one, one right off the bat. Yeah, not many. It's kind of not many.
3: Should be more though. It should be more. Yeah,
2: I feel. I feel like people are just riding the old the old uh, Christmas Dude, songs. Dude, if and, like, you're
3: a, if you're an up and coming rapper right now, like and you have like a little bit of buzz, if you make a Christmas banger, that's going to outlive all your other music. Listen, Mariah
2: Carey every year. Oh, yeah. Number one in the charts. Oh, exactly. Just think about that. I know it's Mariah Carey, but if you get one banger Christmas song, you're good for the rest of your life. So uh, next question is by the ghost of Aaron Hernandez. Uh, Should the Chicago Blackhawks change their name? This has been a big topic of discussion especially for the Indians in the MLB. What do you think of all these uh, name changes for offensive team names that I guess have been stirred up recently?
3: Yeah, man, that's a that's a great question, right? So you had you had the Redskins have to change their name. You had the Indians now changing their name. And I don't think it'll be long before the Blackhawks get the short end of the stick and have to do some changes um as far as what their team name should be not really sure maybe you could do the chicago hawks but then is that going to conflict with having a hawks basketball team i don't know um it's weird because in europe If you're a Barcelona fan, you're a Barcelona fan for soccer, basketball. If they have cricket or hockey, whatever, it's like that's your squad. Whereas here in the States, it's like I'm a Knicks, Mets, Rangers, Giants fan. They all are New York, but they're different organizations. So I don't know if that would work. Like, you have the Seattle Seahawks. You have the Atlanta Hawks. The Chicago Hawks. I don't know what that would be like. So, the Chicago hockey team, that's kind of lame. Like, Washington football team, I think, is lame. They might run with that moving forward,
2: too. There's They might. They
3: might. Like, I I, I thought maybe to keep the Skins name, you could have done, like, the Washington Skins or Pigskins or... I don't know something along the lines like that but that's a great question man I would have to really do some more research on it as well but look man if people if people are outraged by something and and it offends some people like who am I to tell them that they shouldn't be offended by it you know like it is what it is man this is what the times are now like just because it doesn't offend me doesn't mean that someone's not getting offended by it so it just it is what it is
2: so next question on Twitter by Mansky He says, what's your best sports memory of the last decade and what's your biggest sports hope for the next decade?
3: Okay, I'm going to give you two for the first one. So, best sports memory of the last decade, you said, right? Yep. All right, it is easily 175,000% the Giants winning the Super Bowl in 2011. I was there, number one. Number two, it meant more to me than the first one when they beat the undefeated Pats because I was an older fan, right? I was 16 at the first Super Bowl. I was 20 at the second one. And when I first really got into football, I would say as far as like being able to grasp it and playing it and understanding coverages and all that was the first, maybe my sophomore year of high school. Then my junior year of high school was when the Giants win the Super Bowl. So, like, right away, the Giants won the Super Bowl, and I'm, like, super pumped. I'm like, oh, this is going to be dope. And then the next year, if you remember, they're 11-1. and one. They've beaten the Cardinals and the Steelers on the road. Them two are the Super Bowl representatives in Tampa Bay. And then Plaxico Burris shoots himself downhill from there, spirals out of control. So, the Giants winning the Super Bowl, for sure, is my favorite sports memory. And I'll also say that Sports betting getting legalized was one of my favorite things to happen this last decade as well, just because my bold prediction since, like, 2015 was always that it was going to happen. And then just waiting on New happened. York
2: at this point, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, listen, man, it's going to happen. It's inevitable because there's a lot of money involved and a lot of money tied to potentially legalizing it. And, dude, people are doing it anyway, so why not capitalize on it? So was there, uh, my bugging, was there a
2: second part to that question? Yes, it was, what's your biggest sports hope for the next decade? Hmm. You can kind of go in 10 different directions with this one. Yeah.
3: Man, there's never been a more realistic and potential to the United States of America winning a World Cup. And there's going to be two of them this decade. One of them in the backyard, in the home turf. Seven World Cup winners have been host nations. Man, if if you're not a soccer fan, and I get it, it's not for everybody. But if you're a fucking American, (laughs) like, dude... Get on board. We got some stallions out there playing in Europe. And this influx of youth, man, it's just remember who said it first. I got a video on the YouTube channel like six months ago saying that they're going to win the World Cup in 2026 and still getting hits. I'm getting a lot of hate for it. A lot of uh, a lot of Mexican soccer fans are like, bro, they're not even the best team in cocky You know, there's that rivalry as well. Alex gives me shit for it. Our guy, Alex, who does the graphics, he's, you know, he, he's Mexican and we always go back and forth. But even he says like, yo, you know, they got Pulisic, they got Reyna, they got Des, they got McKinney. They got some bomb ass soccer players right now, man. So that would be, that would, that would, that would surpass the Giants winning a Super Bowl, man. Wow. It really would because.
2: It's international, dude. Everyone's going to see it that soccer is my
3: first love soccer is the first sport i played american soccer i've always been passionate about it's a bond that i have with my father too and that one would mean a lot if it happened and then like you don't even want to know the kind of videos i'm going to put together if that happens i yeah, might I might, like, I might like i might like self impose cancel myself like with the inappropriate shit i'm gonna be posting
2: <laughs> you're gonna see fans coming out of the woodwork dude uh, yeah everyone over here is gonna be turned for that yeah
3: before you get into the next question i want to just yeah. uh take a chance right now to just do a couple of ad reads while we're here this way i don't need to add them on after but um we got from indeed 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person you need to keep your business going. You know, Eric, not everyone's lucky as you, man, where you just slide feed first into the DMs and old Derek McGirt response. Some people got to do it different way. So they got to do it with Indeed. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with quality candidates instantly delivers a short list of candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. December 31st, that's how long the offer is valid for. Terms and conditions do apply. Eric, continue. Yes,
2: sir. All right, here we go. So next question on Twitter is by Anna Michelle. This was a really weird year across the board for all sports. What are some of your favorite sports-related moments from this year? Hmm.
3: Yeah, definitely a wacky year from sports. Um, so I love the UFC getting a lot of shine, being the first sport to come back especially stateside. I know there was a couple of leagues overseas in Europe with soccer that came back, but you know, I've become a, a massive, massive UFC fan the last couple of years, man. And just a a a fight, um, a fan, I should say of fighters and combat sports athletes. Uh, the more I've rubbed shoulders with them, the more I've gotten to know them. And Eric, one of the cool things that I'm really looking forward to is when I have you in studio, some of the people that are going to be coming in and you'll be able to meet and you know talk to and and see and feel their energy and vibe and their spirit you'll realize that they're a different breed they are very very different and they're awesome too like you would think a dude or a chick who fight would be all like machismo cock diesel like fucks and angry it's like nah they're they're gentle, they're sweethearts, they're very caring. And I think one of the reasons why is because they could fuck you up if they really wanted to, right, yeah. <laughs> but it's a very humbling profession. It's a, it's a profession that takes a toll on your body mentally, physically, spiritually, and weight cutting sucks. But it was nice to see them get a little bit more of a national spotlight because returning back, you were, you were, starving for sports to be there and I'll never forget man I think you know I'm doing a year in review podcast with with Alan next week and one of them is event of the year and just to as a spoiler that was mine for me you know Gaethje Ferguson was it meant so much like my buddies and I we all zoomed together and we got hammered on zoom because remember this was like May 8th or 9th so this is We're like at at the heart of the real lockdown. We're talking about like the the first initial wave where everything was really shut down, shut down. And that was cool, man. That was really, really cool. And it was, uh, that was probably my favorite sports related moment of the year if I had to pick one.
2: So next question comes from Miss, uh, MR. So M Rosati two, sorry. So I had to get through that. Um, How do you feel about Lamar Jackson, and would you pay him if you're the Ravens' front office?
3: Wow. Lamar Jackson. So he's currently on the rookie deal, as everyone knows. He is eligible for an extension after this season. The Ravens don't need to extend him this year. They can go into the next year and then that's when the contract negotiations really start. However, I do think you ultimately pay him. Would I? By default, I guess, because the question is always this, Eric. You pay Ryan Tannehill when he's with Miami. You pay Andy Dalton. You pay these like, C plus B minus guys, you pay Derek Carr, not so much because they're great, but it's also what's behind them. What's out there. And you're like, yo, you know what, man? Andy Dalton is mm. when I think of Andy Dalton, I always think number 18. Like, I think he's like at his peak was like the 18th best quarterback in the league. So he's a right around average. And then from there, man, you know, you have those years that are outliers. You have those years where no one gets hurt and your team is healthy. And you saw the Bengals go to a couple playoff games. So, Lamar is good for what the Ravens want to do. He's great when they're playing with a lead. He's a guy who, when they're playing with a league, he he might be one of the most unstoppable quarterbacks. The issue is is that he's like 0-8. When his team falls down 10 points. And then you look on the flip side, like Deshaun Watson is tremendous in those situations. Pam Holmes has made a career out of that. Uh, Russell Wilson as well. So it's all fun and games until you look at how much a quarterback is making. And you're like, yo, you're making 40 a year. Look at Jared Goff, dude. I've, I loved Jared Goff when he was making... 2.3 million a year whatever it was that rookie contract maybe i'm selling it short maybe it was like 8 or 9 million dollars a year right but still compared to 30 35 40 50 million from mahomes it's like yo there's levels to this and i understand that quarterbacks set the market the new guys set the market but for the most part man that's it's the same thing with i was just talking about it with about fred van vleet with the raptors like it's it's cool if he's an undrafted guy and he's making 8 9 million a year but with the big contract comes bigger expectations. Now you have to deliver because you're getting paid that amount of money. So that's basically how I feel about Lamar. I don't, I don't really know if I answered the question, but I would pay him by default. Yeah, I was just going to
2: say, you answered it by saying by default. And it's crazy how NFL contracts work. Cause it's like the second you kind of know what you're getting, you kind of have to pay the guy. And um, it's just like, what can you really do the guy you know gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs his first year and then wins mvp the next year it's like when the time comes to pay him what are you not going to do it you know so and then you you'll obviously buy critics and um, analysts and tv personalities will kind of bury you for paying him like that but um it's like there's it's just so weird how NBA, nfl contracts work from that standpoint but you're gonna have to see how it pans out, right? Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree with you more, man. So, next question is by Jordan1514. Though COVID took away the fans and made life and the game difficult for athletes, do you think that they just out there bowling was the reason we got some of the best sports performances we've seen in recent years? So, I think
3: there was more... Spotlight on the athletes this year than ever before because of COVID. Because people were indoors, people had to look for an escape, right? A lot of crazy shit happened this year, man. A lot of people lost their jobs, lost their lives, lost their livelihoods. And sports always and will forever be one of my personal favorite escapes. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening or are sports fans could say the same thing. So, off the top of my head, some of the uh, the performances I can think of, and this is going back to the beginning of the year, Pat Mahomes in that playoff run, right? Like that was an insane playoff run, dude. Three games in a row, you're down double digits, and you come back and you win them outright. Like that's super impressive. Um, you take a look at what Damian Lillard did in the bubble. You take a look at what. LeBron and Anthony Davis did. Jimmy Butler going on that run that he did. Tyler Harrell becoming a global superstar. Got a great girl as a girlfriend as well. Um, Big fan, Eric. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Just across the board, man, you saw some really big performances. You saw Mookie Betts and the Dodgers go out and really ball out and win a World Series. And he was the guy that was brought in as that missing piece, and he delivered. Um, you saw like, dude, this guy, Kevin Holland in the UFC, if he wasn't a household, he wasn't a household name, unless you were a diehard UFC, uh, UFC fan, you didn't really know who Kevin Holland was. This dude won five fights since May. And he wants to become the new Cowboy Cerrone where Cowboy Cerrone in the UFC was like any spot, any place, any, any time, anywhere, just let me know. And he wants to be active. He wants to fight more. And that was another like crazy performance. So I just think that the fans being taken away, I think let players be themselves more. It brought back the idea of schoolyard bullshit. So you didn't have role players completely flop on a road game down 2 1 in a series in Milwaukee, and you're a Tyler Hero. Right. It's like there's no fans there. There's no everyone had the, they all got dealt the same exact hand. So I, I think um, there is some recency bias as far as like best sports performances in recent years. But those are the ones that kind of just off the top.
2: Come to me. There, are there any that you have in mind? Yeah, I was just thinking a second ago that in the bubble, like you mentioned, Damian Lillard. And then there's like the um, Anthony Davis hitting the game winner. And then on um, the Toronto having the game winner, I think what this question is kind of saying is like for the bubble, it's like these guys don't have to work though. Obviously they're thinking about it off the court, on the court, wherever they are. But at the moment while they're there in the bubble, they don't have to worry about any outside problems or anything going on outside of what's happening inside the bubble, which is trying to make a playoff run, get as far as you can and grind this thing out. It's new to everyone. And then they just kind of forget. And then they're just out there doing the best they can. And it's, I think it's one of the best performances I've seen, like, in basketball and unfortunately it was in a bubble with no fans or anything, anyone to witness it. But, um, yeah, it was just crazy. Again, they're just going back to guys and, you know, hanging out with each other, obviously as a team in a isolated space and balling out. I like it. I like it. All right. Next question is by Andrew Roseter five on Instagram here. All these past couple questions were on Instagram. What do you think about expanding the college playoffs, the college football playoffs? You know,
3: when you do an expansion of some kind, it kind of dilutes your product. And I think the outrage to this is that I believe since the start of the college football playoff era, it's been – Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama pretty much every year. And the question becomes, is it worth it if you're a Notre Dame or you're a a one loss, a no loss ACC school or no loss, a one-loss SEC school, and then you're a Pac-12 champion. Like, it's just weird when you when you do expand, it becomes a little tricky and a little weird. And I think, you know, like Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson have been the cream of the crop. And college football, I think the issue really that college football has is. The rich get richer, right? When Clemson, Alabama win a national championship, they continue to get the top recruits because the top recruits want to go there. Whereas in the NFL, you don't get rewarded for winning. You get rewarded for sucking. When you're the worst team in the league, you get the number one pick. So you, hypothetically speaking, get the best player coming out of college. Whereas when you're Alabama, you're Ohio State, you're Clemson, you're LSU, And you win, and you're in these marquee games. You know what you're getting? You're getting four or five-star recruits from all over the country. So the expanded playoffs, to me, it's kind of whatever. Because what's going to happen, dude? You're going to have Northwestern play Clemson. You're going to get beaten by 60. right? You're going to have a one-loss Pac-12 champion play Alabama. Like, All right, they're going to lose by 21. So... I think it personally dilutes it because I've seen it happen in the Euro cup in soccer where they add Northern Ireland and they'll add like Norway and then they get the blow, the doors blown off them. And you're like, all right, cool. You made the Euro cup, but you're, you're minus 13 in gold differential. So
2: I think it dilutes it more than anything. I feel you. Um, so just a couple of general questions here. What has been your favorite VM moment up to this point? So I can't say the studio, right? Because like I already used that as an answer. <laughs> you could use it. All up to you though. Well, I will hey, this, say. This is a very cool thing that like, honestly, it's it's probably one of like the best thing that's probably happened to you. And you've expressed it all over social media. You've told like us, the guys who are working behind the scenes and could definitely be your answer. It's huge, man.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, it, it has to be this, man. It has to be this. It's uh, It's something that, you know the people that listen definitely help pave the way and continue to do this. The the members of the Patreon, you know, like that money's going into this. It's helping pay some of the rent for the studio space. So it's uh, it, it it gotta be that man. I I hate to repeat it, but actually no, I love to repeat it because that's the answer.
2: There you go. Uh, what has been your favorite interview you've done so far on VM? Dude, my favorite interview ever is probably
3: the Narcos one. That one.
2: That was fun.
3: That one meant a lot to me just because of my fascination with the cartel, Columbia, Pablo Escobar era. And it was so cool because, man, I, if there's a documentary, Eric, on that era, that's in English. Very important that it's in English. There's no way I haven't seen it. I'll be shocked if you send me one. You're like, bro, have you seen this one? It's the answer is yes. So to be able to talk to the guys that experienced it and I've never been more prepared for an episode. I've never been more. like conducted more research, if that makes sense, for an episode because that one just meant a lot to me that that podcast was for me man like that podcast was i was happy enough that you know i was able to bring in some sports into it as well but that podcast like everything i try to do is for the audience to get something out of and i i i really truly loved that episode and you know i let let me get you know i started doing some archives let me just pull up my phone i went back and i tracked all the the history of the podcast and chill series just so I can reference that when it comes back to like going to check it out. And this one was, um, episode 26 of the podcast and chill DEA agents. And yeah, man, that one is the easily,
2: no, no BS, bro. That might be my favorite interview that I've ever done. Yeah, dude. honestly, when that came out, it kind of came out out of nowhere. And I kind of like that though, because it's like, it's an interesting topic and um the show narcos is fire too and and it's funny you're talking to a guy who's like a physical character on the show and actually went through it in real life and you get to sit there prep for it and talk to these guys one-on-one yeah man it doesn't get any better than that
3: yeah that's easily um if it's
2: it's number one on the mount rushmore for for shows that i've done so i got one more for you what are a lesson that you've learned so far or any lessons that you've learned up to this point
3: like about the show or is this just in general
2: um what you say how do you want to how do you want to phrase this one yeah you flip it on me there you go uh no i'd say i guess about the show because it's been a bit it's been a journey obviously an uphill road stocks going up you know and you got to learn some things along the way so what about the show and everything going on around you that makes the show? Keep going, what have you learned from it? Yeah, man, look, the
3: the transition to me running the show after the the old guys left, um, has been very well documented. And it was it's been it's definitely been a journey, and I don't want to sound cliche, but the lesson learned is to continue to put in the time and the work. And then like blue wire comes along and it's validating that things are working, right? Because whenever there's change, there's going to be people that are either naysayers or they check out. Like I've had people reach out and be like, yo, I didn't, I didn't listen for four months because like the whole gang wasn't together. And it's cool. I respect that. And I, I, I understand because it wasn't until it happened to one of my favorite podcasts where they sort of changed the host and people left the show where I was like, oh, oh, I, I feel them. There's no animosity. There's no hate. Cause like, even if they don't listen anymore, there's new listeners that have come on board. There's, there's people dude that when I don't introduce impy, they're like, yo, why do you say he's a VM OG? I'm like, oh yo, he used to be on the show back in the day. They're like, oh, I just started listening. Cause my boy put me on or, or my friend put me on and I didn't know who impy was. So it's like, oh, maybe, you know, there's, there's new people coming in. There's a new audience that's being exposed to this stuff. So man, I don't want to sound cliche. I want to, I like to live by example. And that's why I'm very outspoken about like, look, I used to read the secret and the laws of attraction, but if you don't fucking work, that shit don't mean dick. (laughs) I don't mean dick. You gotta, you gotta put the work in man. And it's very validating. You know, again, what I referenced before that video of of me talking about having a studio and then getting one like that's that's some crazy freaky shit you know Um, I don't know if people believe in a higher power but we'll just leave it at that but that's like that there's some there's some magical stuff being put over when you work hard so that's a big lesson man just continue to put out good shit dope shit real shit and and just being yourself because I think one thing for me dude and why I'm able to Do like different interview styles, like talk to the Narcos guys, talk with Taryn about football, talk with, you know, just have you come on and and talk, right? Like, I feel like I've gotten really good. And this is also time, right? This is also thousands of podcasts that have been recorded and hundreds of hours of editing and just being like, what you hear and see on the podcast is who I am. So there's a relatability factor as well. So it's just being true, bro.
2: That's really it. That's the biggest lesson. So something that just came to mind, just to give people a little taste for what's to come, I'm throwing a little curveball at you. Um, What are some goals that you got for you in the show going on in 2021 and moving forward? You know, the new year starts, you know, we've been through a pretty crappy year up to this point. So what's good.
3: Without giving out too many numbers. I want to be the top podcast at the network I'm at now. That's that's the number one goal right now. So has to do with downloads, it has to do with people listening. Um that's that's goal number one for 2021. I want to hit over a million downloads to use a number, which it's a big mark. That's a very big mark. And I don't want to cheat it. I don't want to start dropping an episode every day to inflate the numbers like nah man for the most part it's about 100 episodes a year you get two a week the occasional three week podcast schedule where things just play out that way I try to at least once a month you have a three week you have a three pod week I shouldn't say try it just so happens I went back and looked at the archives and it's like oh you have like every month pretty much you have a three pod week and uh, I definitely want to get the YouTube channel cranking out a little bit more because, you know, you're doing a great job with the editing and, and Dom is as well. And, and I'm doing my part also. I had this new idea, which I can't really share, but you guys will see soon enough about like a, a YouTube series on there, like a, like a different video that doesn't have to do with the podcast, but it's still VM. So like, those are the goals, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just keep doing what I got to do. Get dope guests on. And continue just pushing forward.
2: Yeah, man. Always something to strive for. And you got to keep, keep the people excited. You know? Had to throw that question at you. See what's good.
3: I like it, man. I like it. Before we sign off, members of the Patreon, it's shout-out time. It's congrats time. Also, a congrats to Brittany Blum. Brittany, if you're listening, you won the... November contest, one year of ESPN plus to clap. Congrats. Thank you for your contribution. Everyone that's in the $10 tier or higher, your name is put in the bucket and I draw them out. So even if you don't get in, say, Eric, you're a $10 patron, you don't need to hit me up or hit up someone from VM and be like, Hey, is my name in there? It's like, nah, I have it all listed here. I see who's eligible and we go on from there. So we got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pliates, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Mike
2: Wozniak.
3: Big announcement for the Patreon. If you are in the franchise tag or hire, every six months, you will get a free merch item from me. I will send you a free merch item, starting with everyone that's eligible in December the names that I just mentioned now, DM me, message me your address. I will not show up outside, I promise, but I will send gifts. And moving forward, if you are in this tier or higher, every six months that you are in this tier, you will get a free merch item, either from the store or some personalized shit. Um, I saw a Patreon that I'm a patron to that does this. And I thought it was a really dope way to give back. So Nick, Christopher, Daniel, Derek Pleiates, KJH, and Mike Wozniak, hit me up and I'm going to send some shit over to you. Mike, you're still new, brother. No disrespect. You're going to have to wait a little bit, but everybody else, you guys have been on for a while and I appreciate it. And I can't thank you guys enough for the contributions to the show, because again, this is, you guys are making a lot of these things possible. And one thing also, Eric, just to go back before we wind down is, you know, it's a, it's a very unique time. It's a very unique era of content creating and, and looking for work. And, you know, I've been told no a lot from companies and this whole, Oh, you're on our radar. We'll be in touch. It's like, becoming your own cosign and putting the product in the hands of the people and letting them decide whether it's good or bad. And then from there, it's because they're the the employer in the end of the day. It's something I've come to realize that if y'all didn't listen, then none of this is possible. So I sincerely appreciate that. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate anything else, happy holidays congrats on the sex just in case and uh, yeah that's really it at the lamb shows where you can find me at veterans minimum where you can find the show
2: producer Eric I appreciate you give them the handles and plug that podcast one more time if they want to check you out yeah man pleasure being on the show if you guys want to follow uh, my personal accounts Instagram and Twitter is at Eric Salas E-R-I-C-S-A-L-A-S-S And as for my podcast As we mentioned earlier Nick actually did come on the show We talked about some uh, New York football And what we feel about it So that episode is there If you want to listen to that It's Franchise Tag On Apple Podcasts Spotify Wherever you can get Any of your podcasts And if you want to follow The show's Instagram and Twitter It's Franchise Tag Pod To catch some more Extra content on there Again Nick Appreciate you for having me On the show and let me plug away my, some of my stuff and I'm looking forward to working with you uh moving forward, dude. It's been great so far, so
3: no problem man. Listen, send the invoice and I'll pay it for you saying those kind words. Later everyone.
1: You think you got it, I got it for real. think you got what I got? You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? This one for those they forget in my city This, one for those they forget. Yeah. this dog off the leash and it's ready
0: to kill, kill. Homie go finish your meal I'm coming for real, taking that food right off of your grill Nick too ill, can't let a drop of me spill Clogging the lane, I'm filling the
2: strain I'm here for the spot to be filled Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills